1: You are listening to Believe in Everything, Auburn, JKM, TD back with you on this beautiful Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whenever you're listening to this episode, hope you're having a great day and you are happy that we are back. We had to take last week off for scheduling conflicts, but we are back and better than ever ready to talk some Auburn athletics with all of you today. We actually have some knowledge about this football team, finally, Jay, after the open spring practice and a little bit more coverage that's been coming out since we've been able to see this team on the field a little bit in the past couple of weeks. So it feels like we actually have a bit more of a clue as to what they're trying to do, how this personnel is shaping up, how this coaching staff is shaping up now that uh, the curtain's been pulled back a little bit. So I'm excited to talk about all of it with you. Jason is with me now. And Jay, you know, we talked about the, the change of having an open practice, which this was the first time that was happening at Auburn since 07. Off the jump, what little bit we have been shown so far what are your takeaways right now, as an Auburn alum? You know, such a such a staple for this program and the impact that you left. How are you feeling right now about the way Harson is running things so far?
0: Well, I tell you what, Taylor. Uh, you know, I feel excited uh, to be honest with you because everything that I'm hearing from what the players are saying. You know, you hear Bo Nitz when they interviewed him this weekend. They have come out and he said, "What do you think of Coach Harson?" And he said, "Very relentless." And, uh, you know, and a guy that's very attentive to details. I've also heard that he's a fourth and one guy all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes that can come off overbearing to some teams and some guys. But I think in this case, this is what Auburn needs because – we're trying to build a tough mindset, and we're trying to get back to being a physical football team, and everything starts with the mind first, so totally. I think he's doing a really good job of, of getting guys to buy into what he's doing uh, from all the reports, the guys are loving the new coaching staff they're embracing them, and you gotta have that if you want to push forward you know you, mm-hmm. you can't be dragging along the way you have to move forward with all fullness and I think this is what this team is doing and and uh you know in fairness that. I heard the sprint program is has a lot to do with it. Like I tell right. everybody, when I played ball at Auburn, Coach Yachts was our sprint coach. This mm-hmm. guy meant more to us than probably any other coach on the, on the staff just because if you could get through his workouts in the offseason, there was nothing we felt like we couldn't do once we got in the game. And when the wow. game was on the line, we faced some tough challenges. So we felt like – you know, we got this. And I think that's where it starts. And, and, you know, they're right back in the weight room this week. They're right back doing mm-hmm. things. Uh, you heard Coach Harson come out and say, like, hey, you know, this is a not a, a normal week as the usual would be the kids week off of spring break. But because yeah. Auburn's not given a, a regular spring break, this is an opportunity for them to really, really grow. So I'm excited to see uh, see their approach.
1: And look, this is the time that they need. I, I mean, I'm sure some of them are salty that they're not down on the beach somewhere enjoying spring break, but this is what they need after the year that 2020 was and how much change is happening right now. But they've got to stay in that weight room. They've got to stay in the film. And they've got to be hanging out with these coaches and, and building that rapport and that chemistry every day is going to matter heading into the 2021 season. So I'm glad at the way the schedule has worked out this season in particular. And uh, I too have Heard a lot of the players say that training's a lot tougher this season and, and the strength and conditioning programs are a lot more intense. But intensity is the name of Harson's game. And I'm glad to hear that that's being implemented across the board. We're going to dive in a little bit more into what's been coming out of these spring practices. But before we do that, we got to tell you about our sponsor, Bet Online. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. March Madness is upon us. Sorry, Bama. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and of course, it's free to sign up. So just head to the website, BetOnline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today, and they're going to give you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online your online sportsbook experts. Okay, so like we mentioned, spring practice is officially underway. They have a total of six practices under their belt. Of course, that one that was open to the public in Jordan-Hare Stadium, certainly exciting. Some videos and and photos came out and it made you feel like real football season is upon us. And I'm going to continue to pray and hope that that is the case and that we'll have a pretty packed stadium come fall. But... We have gotten some reports out about what this team is looking like, different, you know, personnel that are stepping up, even some key injuries that have happened. So we're going to get into all of it on this week that they, like we have mentioned, will not be on the field for their break, but they will be doing some light conditioning and film. Then they're going to have two more weeks of on-field practice before April 17th, A-Day. And, of course, we'll continue to keep an eye on how all of this shapes up. Let's start offensively, though. I think with Mike Bobo he's he's got such a, a long list of experience he's he's talked about as an old school guy and I actually saw a quote from him addressing that saying uh if being under center makes me old school then I guess I'm old school <laughs> that's pretty much what quantifies old school these days but he likes being under center he's implementing some of that one thing that's standing out and It feels like I've got a bit of a trigger with this, I think, because we talked about this so much last season and we had such high hopes and it didn't really happen, but supposedly there's going to be a lot of tight end usage, Jay. I know we both want to see that happen. He's even using two tight ends at times. Hopefully that really comes to fruition this season, because I think it really needs to be an integral part of this offense, especially considering the wide receiver depth issues that we're dealing with right now. And, Bobo wants to be more of a pro-style offense. Uh, He's showing some elements of spread. He's utilizing fullbacks, multiple tight ends, like I said. He still wants to keep that powerful run game, which he thinks is more effective under center. He thinks you can be more powerful that way. He's going to put the running backs out wide, have a motion into the backfield. He really wants to give you everything. And while I think that that's great, you want to have a a wide range and a fully stacked arsenal, Sometimes if you're too broad, you're never going to be really effective at, at one thing because you spread yourself too thin, spread, pun intended. So I'm curious to see how these guys adapt to how much he wants to do. But let me ask you one guy in particular. When you hear about more pro style offense, under center, elements of spread, is that the offense for Bo Nicks?
0: I will say this. I think right now Coach Bobo is trying to throw everything out there in the spring. This is the time to do it. And I think uh, this is the only way you can see what your team can adapt to from an offensive standpoint and of what they can do well and not do well. So I think right now is the perfect time. If you're ever going to do that, go ahead and start the elimination process right now. Um mm-hmm. I do think it it does help to to figure out that we're doing two tight end sets and that we're we're involving the tight end because let's face it, you know we have a very young receiving core coming in this year. You know we lost seventy percent of our guys that caught passes last year are, are moving on, and right. uh, so you you yeah. got to be able to help the outside guys and that's utilize the middle of the field, which I have been harping on for the last. Couple of years is Mm -hmm. you got to get the tight end involved in the offense. I was just like, I don't care what kind of offense you run, if the tight end is not relevant, you're not going very far. And and I just feel like the game has changed a lot where the tight end is used as the extra receiver in a lot of ways. And we have guys that's on the roster that was four star recruits, five star recruits that was tight ends coming into our program, and we have yet to get them the ball. So you know, this is a great sign to see that we're getting them involved and. I do like lining up in the eye formation sometimes. I actually uh-huh. honestly believe that you get better pass protection off of play action. And uh, you're able to get the ball deeper down the field because, you know, your backs, uh, when you, it's harder for the defender to see the ball. You know, you're back there in shotgun all this time. You know, it, it kind of just helps the, the defensive ends to peel back their ears and try to fit, set their depth points. And, uh, uh-huh. but when you're under the center, they don't know if it is run or pass. And so I do like the idea that we are getting under the center. So sometimes I, I, I don't like guys that just line up and shotgun the whole game. And most teams that you see win championships, they get under the center sometimes, and they may it may look like a finesse offense sometimes, but for the most part, they are under the center. And 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 it's you can get a hat on a hat, and you sometimes you can get downhill. And like I said, the ball gets hit a lot more in that area where you can run bootlegs and neckeds and hit those play action passes and hit the tight end behind a linebacker because they're sucking up more because they have to respect the run game. So right. obviously he's going back to a lot of old school things, old school ways. And I know people are all about the new ways sometimes, but let's not forget what made football football. And uh, and everything and and that's running some power plays, you know. I haven't seen power under the center except unless you watch the NFL, you still see it here and there. And that, and let's right. face it, like you know, that's a big part of the offense. Like full bats have kind of been irrelevant over the last couple of years, but teams that are still using them in the run game. Are having a big effect. Why? Because a lot of these teams are, are drafting in the NFL, are drafting smaller guys, quicker guys for the passing game. The SEC, a lot of teams are recruiting guys to defend the pass, but the game is still one between who can run the ball and who can stop the run. Right. And last year, you saw we couldn't stop the run on defense. Mm-hmm. And uh, in years past, we've been able to do that. And uh, so, with us having a team that we have in this year, with Tank being able to, to be at full force. And uh and Shivers to be able to come in and give him a breather. I do like the fact that we're spreading the ball around. I expect us to see a lot of different screens. And I think this helps takes a lot of pressure off of Bo when he's not in shotgun all the time.
1: Hmm. I agree with you on all of that, and I think that they are going to run so much through Tank, and I think Bobo knows what he has in Tank Bigsby, and so much of it is going to go off him, but I also really like the utilization of the fullback. You're right. That that position has kind of fallen off in the past couple seasons, but if you go back a few further than that, the fullback was such an integral part of Auburn's offense. Think back to Jay Prosh in like the 14, 13 seasons. He was so effective in that role. And they utilized him really creatively in the backfield. Chandler Cox followed him right after that. And then it just kind of went away. And I think that that certainly is a part of this offense that could be implemented back in along with the tight ends. You mentioned Bo. I want you to expand on that a little bit because even just from a habitual standpoint, you know, we harp so much on the things that Bo's got to correct and him dropping, dropping back so far has got to be a key habit that is broken. And, You may even think that putting him under center could alleviate some of that panic as well for him to escape the pocket so quickly. Maybe if he starts under center, he'll be a little more settled. Uh, Little nuances like that, you never know how they're going to help somebody break that habit. But when you hear about the versatility and the wide range of things that Bobo wants to do, what do you anticipate for Knicks? Do you think that this is going to be a good fit for him?
0: Yeah, I think it's more of a better fit for him than uh, than, than Gus's offense. Just because, okay. you know, I, I just think in Gus's offense, you know, everything is so predicated on what the quarterback does. But let's face it, I didn't see a, a, a big route tree, you know, and uh, and everything. I just think, you know, for Bo being under the center, when you're dropping back passing, it helps set your depth your depth points where you're not so deep. When you're in shotgun, if you had got to kind of like float around a little bit and not used to being in the pocket, um, you can get too deep. You can see you can get past that nine, nine and a half yards and end up at 10. And that's where the defensive ends want you at. And I think uh, if he's under the center, he gets back in in a drop. He's going to end up at seven, seven and a half yards. So he's definitely inside the pocket. So I think that helps tremendously for our tackles, you know, Alex Mm -hmm. Jackson and, and those guys, that, that it takes a lot of pressure off those guys. So, you know, we can we can understand that, yes, we're still trying to figure out who our first five guys are at the offensive line position. But I think it's the same five that we ended the season with. But we understand the council, Brandon Council, has been out this spring uh, dealing with a shoulder injury. But, you know, he's a guy that could come in and throw some mitts ups come come uh, summertime to. Um, that's going to be blocking for Bo. But it is very imperative that Bo takes that step this year of being in the pocket. And uh, and I think what helps that the most is, like we said, getting the ball to the tight end. Like, well, he's yeah. not overlooking the tight end now because it's a valuable part of the offense. And sometimes that's going to force him to get the ball out of his hands quicker, which will eliminate him from having to scramble so much. Now, you don't want to take his scrambling ability completely away because there are times you want him to utilize his athleticism to get outside the pocket and pick up a first down, especially if they're playing two-man on third down. That's always a uh, quarterback's a uh, hot ticket. Like there's two men, you see two men go and get the first down. No one has the quarterback and everyone's back is turned. So mm-hmm. you know, he has to understand when he sees two men and coverage is like, okay, this may present an opportunity for me to run because everyone's chasing their man right. and, uh, and everything. So I think this is a, a, it's a critical part for him. Like I said, it's all about how he adapt the change and how he accepts everything that's going on. And I think the fact that they are getting other quarterbacks, I think also lights a little fire under him uh, mm-hmm. as well. You know, like competition makes it better for everyone. And right. I always say, don't hand me nothing. Like let me earn it, <laughs> yeah. because you know it's gonna make me it's gonna make me work that much harder to, to keep what I have because I understood what it took to get it. So, um, you know, that's the thing I think that would help him the most.
1: So much of it, though, is contingent on the line, like you mentioned. And currently, we're looking at the the offensive front being the same as it was last season. The five who made the most starts at the positions le- last season Alec Jackson at left tackle, Tashawn Manning at left guard, Nick Brahms at center, Keandre Jones at right guard, and Broderius Ham at right tackle. Now, Manning and Brahms started all 11 games last season, Jackson and Ham started eight each. Jones started seven and the number of starts all five made alongside each other is just two because of so much of the shuffling and injuries and everything that the line was working through last season. So you do have that while all of these guys, you know, have a pretty decent list of starts. They don't have those starts together. And so many times in games that I have covered the offensive lines that go in saying the five of us are a unit. We've gotten to the point where we work as one because we've started together since our sophomore year, blah, blah, blah. Those, you can tell there is such an evident difference when not just each individual is a veteran player but the line is veteran together. So right. I think when you see that all five of these guys are going to be the same as last season, you may be, you know, reluctant or hesitant to be feel comfortable about it, but I think when you realize that these five they had two games together last year. They're heading into this season and they'll be able to be a bit more unified. That veteran aspect of it is comforting. But what are what are your initial thoughts on the line as is? Will Friend still kind of, you know, saying the transfer portal is something that they're, you know, hoping is going to come together? I think they may need a bit more at this line right now. Uh, this isn't going to be a situation where they're necessarily fine-tuned off the jump, but you know veteran play is certainly imperative at the line as individuals how do you think they're going to fare as a unit heading into this season
0: yeah the most important thing like you said what coach friend was talking about will friend is the third uh o-line coach in as many years uh you got to think like that's a key that's a key position because it's it's predicated off getting the run game going it's predicated off pass protection and And when you're in a position where guys are still trying to understand their coach and what their coach wrong for them it's critical to have stability in the coaching department at that position. And, uh, so I just think this year them having a spring with Will friend and the most important thing for Will friend is these guys have experience and that's something you cannot teach. And these guys can build their chemistry a little bit faster because they can go back and watch the films that they did play together with. And, uh, and I think we have a little bit more depth at that position this year, and, and that's have hurting us in the past is we've, we've gotten injuries. But mm-hmm. the most important thing I just think having a, a true center there—that's you know Nick Broms like that—is huge because um, right. he's the he's the caller on on the offense of getting us lined up in certain protection calls, getting to make sure we're lined up on our run blocks that that the hats that in our zone scheme guys are going in the right direction. So you know having him back, and like I said the tackle position is going to be very critical, but because it's very critical because when your quarterback and your tackles have to be on the same page, like I said, they have to know where both set points are and both has to know where, where they're, what they're being taught to set their set points and where's the soft spot. Within the pocket. And uh, and that comes from time and it comes from chemistry and it comes from just sitting and talking with each other and studying film. So I do feel like it's important for Bo to make it very imperative that he does a better job this year being within the pocket because it helped those guys to know where he's at and not have to guess where he's going to be at this play and that play. Now like I said, I think the change of offense changes all of that and um and everything and when the season first starts, you know i think our first true test to see where we really graduated from is going to be the penn state game uh mm-hmm. because you know the first two games i think you know we win those pretty easy but i think the penn state game you 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 got out your two your two games that you need to get through but now you get to that challenging game and i think that'll kind of show us okay where we're at at this season where, how far we got to go from an offensive line standpoint and from a quarterback standpoint, where have we graduated to? So it's going to, it's going to be critical. I do think they would be rotating uh, yeah. a little bit. The first couple of games just to figure out which five they want out there. And the only totally. way you can do it is in game experience. And uh, you know, so we'll see what happens.
1: We certainly will. Now, we also are going to see what happens at the wide receiver position, which unfortunately is dealing with a little bit of some injuries right now. We're going to talk about that. But before we do, I want to tell you guys about a new sponsor. We have Sunday Scaries. If you are someone who has a hard time relaxing, you know, life gets a little crazy. It's hard for you to shut off your brain and relax. If you overthink, get stressed out, easily. I feel like 2020 maybe created that in a lot of people. There is Sunday Scaries, delicious and vitamin-boosted CBD gummies. They've become a must-have for so many people, and they work in about 20 minutes. They help take the edge off and regain composure and live scare-free. There is no risk to buy, and the company offers a 100% lifetime money-back guarantee. And if the product's not for you, that's okay. You will get your money back. Sunday Scaries in the stress relieving business, not the stress causing business. So we have 25% off for you to give it a try. You can visit sundayscaries.com and use our promo code Auburn for your discount. That's promo code Auburn at sundayscaries.com for 25% off. You won't regret joining the Sunday Scaries squad. Okay, so like I mentioned, the wide receiver position, well, we've mentioned it quite a few times, is certainly going to be one where we need some new guys to step up, some new Mm -hmm. young blood, you know what I mean? With the departure of Seth Williams, Anthony Schwartz, Eli Stove, staple guys that we've been so accustomed to seeing as the deep threats, the short route running, all of that, those guys are gone. Who steps up? Who becomes that next no name on the offense? And We've got some high hopes for a lot of them, but unfortunately, we are dealing with some injuries and aren't able to see as much of them. Actually, the team's two most experienced returning receivers, Shedrick Jackson and Xavier Capers, both have been extremely limited in practice. Jackson is dealing with an undisclosed injury, and Capers is recovering from that January foot surgery. And JJ Evans also appeared to sustain a leg injury during the team's third practice and was limited prior. To last week's scrimmage so that has left the door open for some other receivers to step up this spring and it looks like somebody who's really taking advantage of the opportunity is Javarius Johnson and this is a former four-star prospect out of Hewitt Trussville who barely saw the field in his first two seasons but he has emerged as a consistent playmaker for the Tigers this spring so gets you excited that there are so many names that we don't even know about and then all of a sudden when an injury happens it's like oh this is our new speedster this is our new schwartz this is our new seth like there is so much depth here that we haven't gotten the opportunity to see yet and hopefully that's what is so good about spring is you get the opportunity without the pressure you get to see these guys take advantage of Practices that do have a bit of a spotlight on them, but there is a grace period associated with spring. There has to be because summer and and fall camp, those things are when it's really crunch time. And when it ramps up another level spring, you really get to see what you're working with, but there's a grace period. So these guys know that they're going to be allowed to adjust and work out the kinks. But you certainly want the opportunity to see guys like Shedrick Jackson and Xavier capers out there, not just for us and and for them to be getting reps, but so they can be building that repertoire with Bo, that quarterback receiver relationship that you get to the point, Jason, you could talk about this, some receiver receivers that you had this with in your playing days. The really good ones, they get to a point where they don't really have to communicate verbally, I guess. I actually covered a Florida game this past season, and one of the most efficient offenses in the country was Florida. Kyle Trask to Kyle Pitts was one of the most elite duos in the country, and I spoke with both of them leading up to the game and asked them about their connection. And these two actually had a connection starting back their sophomore year when neither of them were starters. They were both twos, but they would stay after practice and run reps together. Had no idea that they were going to end up being one of the most elite quarterback tight end duos in the nation just a couple years later, but they were putting in the work as though they would. And they said that because of all of those, you know, all of that time together, all of those reps together, even not in-game reps they got to the point where they understood each other's tendencies. They could read each other's body language and their and their little ticks, And they knew what to adjust in game. They knew, you know, Trask knew where Pitts was going to be on a certain route. They knew exactly how each other was going to adjust on the fly. Those kind of things are developed over time, not even just in game, but a- after practice and those kind of things. So you want these guys healthy so that they can be building that timing with Bo. And I think that that's going to be so key moving forward. And while we love to see these other guys stepping up and Javarius Johnson is certainly making a name for himself, he's pleading his case to be a regular part of the lineup, which is fantastic. But talk to me a little bit about these guys and this time of year in particular to build that unspoken chemistry that I know you can vouch is incredibly important to the offense.
0: Taylor, what's the word they always say? The best ability is availability. Love it that's the only way you're going to be able to build chemistry that's the only way you're going to be able to build time and then yes injuries happen and and some of them are unfortunate but there are times though that you have to have mental toughness to fight through some of these i think the thing is though there are guys on this roster that have been recruited by auburn that was four-star receivers coming out of high school. And uh, they just got lost in the shuffle because they had Seth Williams and Anthony Swartz and Eli Stowe that was veterans that was in front of them. But now this is their time. You know, it doesn't mean like, oh, they wasn't good. Why they ain't been in the game the last couple of years? No, that wasn't it. It just wasn't their time. There was guys in front of them. It was their time. But now their time have arrived, and now it's time for them to erupt the volcano, but then some of them are in the training room. So that's why I always tell guys, like, keep preparing yourself because when your time come to play, you will be ready. I was like, but if you just not taking care of your body, a lot of it is coming to taking care of your body. And I don't mean just on the football field, but away from the field. How you eat, how you sleep, how your body gets rest, like how you stretch and all those things are very important. Some of the best receivers I ever played with took care of their bodies. And like, they was always constantly getting massages. They was constantly doing stretches. They was constantly doing yoga. And, uh, and different things that relaxes their muscles and keeps their muscles open and drunk plenty of water so that they and when you play the receiver position you run more than anyone in football you're constantly running that's what you do so you have to replenish your body and take care of it and let's face it as a receiver you gonna have one or two guys that's gonna stay on the field most of the time right. but at least five to six guys play majority of the game and uh so you need at least five guys that got to be available that you can count on when it comes to playing football
1: who were some receivers that you really developed that kind of connection and chemistry with when you played
0: yeah, for me it was, uh, you know, Courtney Taylor. Of course, everyone knows that yeah. this fact, that the connection that we had. You know, everyone can remember the fourth and twelve play against LSU, um, oh, yeah. where they brought a zero blitz, and I barely had time to get the ball out, but I was able to let it go before he was able to come out of his break because of the trust and because of the timing that we had developed. Uh, totally you know, I you know throwing a deep ball to Devin and Roma should do. We had a really good time. And anytime he was on a nine route or a go route, like I knew exactly what the spot to put it at because of his speed was so exceptional. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and even being on my like building that chemistry with him, like, uh, on drag routes and him running, like he was probably one of our better route runners, uh, just because, you know, his body style, he can get in and out and you kind of can read him a little bit. So, you know, Anthony Mitz was another guy that, you know, I was able to connect with and, you know, and the biggest part was Cooper Wallace and, and Robert Johnson, you know our tight ends. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. in the Alabama game in O two, you know, they blitz us and you know, me and Robert Johnson being on the same page, he wasn't in the primary read, but because he saw the guy blitz off his face and he knew nobody had him, he raised his hand, and I was able to hit him in the end zone. Uh right. that's just because of a connection of understanding with one another. So you build that because you're what helps that tell is not what you do in practice. What you do in practice is not going on. Like, are you staying 15 extra minutes after practice exactly. to work on some things that you didn't do well in practice and try to get another two to three reps at it? You know, that's something that the coaches can't tell you to do. You need to find time to do that on your own. And uh, yeah. that's where the real timing and the real chemistry happen. And I don't mean just go out there and just do it lollygag. Like, no, run your route full speed. Let me drop back full speed. And then let me throw one on time. And then next time, let me have to avoid something and make a throw. Then next time, let me have to scramble out of pocket and see how you come out of your route. And then you see me scrambling so I can know, like, what's your scrambling angle of how you approach the sideline so I can know where to put the ball. So it's different things that you have to work on when you're a quarterback and a receiver. It's not just you just do it, look pretty. You know, do it where you feel like there's a rush. Go through all three scenarios so that when you're in a game, it doesn't shock you and the guy has that timing with you.
1: Right. I think that the more we've seen Bo and even the more we discuss so much of this, I think a key for him is actually going to be trust. I think Bo struggles in, with trusting those around him, and he's focused too much on working out his own kinks. Here's the thing he does need to do that. He can't completely disregard the aspects of his game that he needs to work out, but he, I think he needs to be more of a team guy. And I, look, I'm not in the locker room. I can't speak to the chemistry of this team or, or how Bo interacts, but. So much of what we saw on the sideline last season, even so many times he would come off and he'd be sitting on the bench by himself. Like Mm -hmm. I'm on these sidelines. I see how many quarterbacks are with their line as soon as they come off the field or with their receivers. Like, Bo's got to be more of a team guy because he's got to have more trust in the people around him. He can't do this on his own, and he can't just do it with Tank in the backfield. He's got to have trust in his line so he doesn't escape the pocket the way he does. And he's got to have trust in his target so that he can put it up there and know that, yo, we've created this bond. We know the chemistry that we have And regardless of the game, I trust that he's going to get there and we're going to help each other. I really think that that mental aspect of Bo's game is part of what's hindering his physical game. And so hopefully that is something that with Bobo and Harson and this newly developed, you know, culture that's being established for this program, I hope that that's part of it. Because the more we talk about it, I really think that that those two parallel, I think that there's a lacking in his mental trust when he's on the field outside of himself that is affecting his physical play. So hopefully that is something that we can see develop over spring, summer, and into the fall. The other uh, aspect of this, of course, is the defensive development. Derek Mason is just a kid in a candy shop right now, working <laughs> with the stars that he has on the defensive side of the ball. So We're going to talk a little bit about that, but first, i going to tell you guys about our last sponsor, eBay sneakers. Whether rare, dead stock, or the latest release, you can find the exact shoe that you are looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair that you've been eyeing. And with their authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. They verify the box, the logo, the stitching, and dozens of other inspection points, And they're going to give each sneaker an authenticity guarantee tag, including a digital stamp of authenticity. So you know for sure you're getting the real deal, but it also protects the seller with a verified return process. And they're going to eliminate selling fees on sneakers over $100. So it makes it free to sell or flip your collection. All you have to do is go to ebay.com slash sneakers today and find exactly what you're looking for eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and a unique selection. So defensively, I think we all felt pretty confident heading in to the defensive side and what we had returning and the guys that have been really developing their experience. We knew that smoke Monday was going to be the leader of this team. He's proving he has proven he is taking on that role without fail. And these guys are really adapting to Derek Mason. I'm not Mm going to say I told you so, but (laughs) this was, (laughs) this was a fantastic hire. It was clear as day that this was not only the right, person for Auburn this is the right place for Derek Mason I think that the situation he was in in Vanderbilt while yes being a head coach in the SEC is a dream come true I think he was actually stifled a little bit in a head coach role especially at a school like Vanderbilt that is up against odds that no other SEC program has to deal with Mm -hmm. he's coming in here and inheriting really fine talent no shade at all to Vanderbilt but there are just differences because of what Vanderbilt athletes have to deal with in terms of athletics the monetary aspect of it is not poured into athletics the way it is at Auburn there's just so many reasons why it's different that that's just the way it is right now and I think with Derek Mason's knowledge and understanding of the defensive side of the ball I actually covered a couple Vanderbilt games last year and he was talking about how he sits in on the defensive meetings he he was kind of a head coach that was pretty hands-off on the offensive side of the ball not that that's necessarily a bad thing for a head coach so many of them are like that but he was still a student of the game for the defensive side that's just his bread and butter and it he has such an energy for the defensive side that I just—the writing's on the wall. Some guys are just really made to be coordinators. I, I feel the same way about Will Muschamp. I don't think Will Muschamp's a head coach. I think he's a DC. I think that Derek Mason—this is where he's meant to be. This is the right fit for him, and he is adapting to these players so well. He's already showing a 3-4, a 4-3, a four-two-five. He's moving a lot of these guys from their positions because they have such versatility. He can put one of them at nickel. He can put the nickel at safety. He's got so much to work with in this arsenal that it allows him to open his playbook a little bit and, and expand a little bit on these coverages and these schemes. So I think we are going to see a very in-depth, versatile defense by the time we take the field. And the guys running the scheme are going to be freak athletes.
0: Oh, yeah. I, you know, Taylor, the, the way you got excited about speaking about the defense, you know, who said <laughs> women don't like defense? You know, we had a, uh, you know, we had one of those boxing machines in front of you right now. You know, you're probably <laughs> knocking a hole in that thing I'm right now. You know? <laughs> Yeah, you know, you get fired up when you talk about the defense. So, you know. I get it. So when you talk about this defense, like you said, Darren Mason, like he is, like I said, having an opportunity to coach guys that he never would have got at Vanderbilt. And even not at Stanford, you know, let's face it, yeah. because both of them have certain stipulations for, for certain guys to be able to get to their universities. And, exactly. uh, and when he comes to Auburn, you know, we're more of a, you know, an open opportunity because, you know, we are a heavily football program. And, yeah. you know, and it's a big house considered to, to where he's been. And, um, you know, so yes, he get a chance to eat dessert a lot of times, you know, but the one thing you can't load up on is a whole bunch of that sugar, you know? So <laughs> we just got to make sure we keep Derek thin down there at Auburn so we can, uh, let him continue to be energetic, continue to be excited. I know we got, you know, um, a lot to work with when you think about the safety position and, you know, how long we are at that position. And like I said, we we have moved some guys around. And, and like you said, like, he was able to do that. You know, he moved our cornerback, Nehemiah Pritchett. You know, he's sliding over to nickel. You know, a guy that's played on the outside, but now he's going to move the nickel. It doesn't mean he won't go to the outside sometimes. It just means it gives you more depth. If someone, a corner goes down, okay, we we'll just move our nickel back out the corner. You know, but then at the same time, like Darius Tennyson, you know, he's the guy that moved back to safety. He was at the nickel position. And, uh, you know, with Christian uh, Tut leaving early, you know, it opened up for the nickel to fight for the nickel position. So I think they want an experienced guy at that nickel position with Nehemiah mm-hmm. Pritchard because most guys on third down, the slot receiver is huge and you got to have someone that can cover the slot receiver on third down. That's how you get off the field. And last yeah. year, you know, we didn't do that very well. And, uh, and, and, and we got ate up a lot in the slot. And, uh, and it cost us some games. So right. this is I, I understand the move, and I understand why he's doing this, and, uh, and for for various reasons. But like you say, we go into three, four of our base defense. So that means you're gonna have some, you know, some stand-up linebackers on the edge. And uh so you need those guys to be able to rush the passer and and can be able to to absorb the contact with those tackles and and, and force different plays and but that puts a lot of pressure on your inside on your inside guy. You gotta have a nose guard that's a dog. Like he has right. to be a dog, like he has to be a guy that draws double teams so that way that you can utilize those guys from the outside to get those one-on-one pass rush and not be able to have the guard be able to help the tackle. Uh, So, you know, so whoever plays knows for us, Whoever they decide is going to be our nose has to be a dog this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the reason that you see, you know, everyone knows a 4-3 defense is pretty much a base defense. A lot of teams run it and they run cover two, cover three out of it. You know, it's based on first down type of defense. Sometimes you face a team that's a, a more run-oriented team or something. You want to say, hey, we want to get an extra safety down in the box. Let's go 4-3, bring the safety down, and, uh, and to force the run back inside. Okay, but when you go to a 4-2-5, now it changes the game a little bit. A 4-2-5 is, is something that you put in for passing offenses. And who's this for? This is for the SEC. You know, Alabama's a team now that loves to throw the ball around. And it seemed like they just seemed to love to just reload at the receiver position. Um, you know, unfortunately, Georgia lost their best receiver this spring to a torn ACL. Um You know, but then you think about other teams we play, LSU. You know, LSU going to get back to throwing the football around. So you have got the build. You have got to put all. it goes back to what we were saying about Mike Bobo. You put a lot in in spring to see what you have to eliminate and see what the kids can do and not do. So I do think you're going to see a lot of different schemes, a lot of different blitzes in the springtime that you may not even see come fall because they may not feel like they're ready for it. But if it comes – they have to pull it, you know, they have to pull it from – from spring and say we get the week four or something, the week five, and we're facing this team and they do all these different things, and you have to say, okay, guys, remember we did this in the spring. We're gonna pull this out for this week. We're gonna implement mm-hmm. it this week. So that's why you do those things. Now it doesn't mean you do them every week. It's just when you're when they're needed. So, you know, I, I really think Derek can bring some energy. Like I say, some guys are head coaches, some guys are coordinators. Um, like I said, most guys enjoy being coordinators more than head coaches, but they like being a head coach because they make more money. But right. when you're a coordinator, you have more fun because you're not being pulled, well, I got to go over here and speak to these boosters. I got to go over here and speak to right. this club. I got to go over here and, and I gotta get in a car and drive 3 hours speak to this club. Like I got to go to this touchdown place over here and talk. Like you're pulled in so many directions that you're away from your players and away from being able to watch film more than people think. Yeah. and uh because people you say man why is he you know gus like he was totally different he was a coordinator now say so he's a head coach he's changed well, a lot of that he changed because he wasn't able changed. to watch as much film and his role yeah. changed and he was being pulled in so many directions that he wasn't able to sit in that room and dissect and draw up plays like he was doing back in 2010 and 2013 because his exactly. roles had changed so you know i think for Derek being in this position as a coordinator he's like oh shoot i can just focus on on my side of the ball I don't have to go speak over here. I don't got to go over here. I'm not pulled in all these directions. I can have a relationship with my players because so I get to spend time with them more. And I, I really think that makes a huge difference. And I think that's why Muschamp is so good as a coordinator more than he is as a head coach because he's not pulled away from what he does best. So yeah. I think once schools actually figure this out, where if you have a head coach, like you know, Nick Saban, for example, Nick Saban always goes in higher... High end coaches to come in and run his offense and defenses. It's not by coincidence because mm-hmm. he knows he's pulled in so many different directions that he got to have guys in that room that he know that he can trust and gonna do it the way that he does it. And if not, he's they're not coming there. And that's the thing is like I think that's what Coach Harson is trying to do. I want guys. He had a relationship with Bobo. He had a ten for ten years. So he brings Bobo in, and he's an offensive guy. Harson's an offensive guy, but he understands. Right. I'm at a bigger university than Boise State. I'm going to be pulled in so many different directions that I don't even know where to start right now. And then he goes get a veteran head coach in the SEC, and he brings him in as defense coordinator. because He said, hey, if I'm away, this guy has already been in this conference. From a mm-hmm. head stand, head coach standpoint, he knows how to run the team and handle different things. If I got to be out of town for two to three days, speaking at a touchdown club. So right. it helps to have these guys in position because you need that to lean on. And I thought that's what got Gus kind of in trouble was he hired guys on the offense sometimes that didn't have offensive coordinator experience and was very young and if he was going to be away you need someone in that room to still gravitate and bring attention to those guys and get their eyes on you so you can see their eyeballs and make sure they understand what you're trying to do and I think arson is doing that by putting veteran coaches in these positions
1: I agree unfortunately for the defensive front though Big injury sustained defensive tackle. Jeremiah Wright tore his ACL in the first scrimmage last Thursday. Really unfortunate. Hopefully, he gets back out there and gets rehab going fairly quickly. We wish him a speedy recovery. Want to update you guys real quickly on a couple other sports before we close out. Basketball, JT Thor has declared for the NBA draft. However... The freshman forward plans to go through the evaluation process. He can sign with an agent certified by the NCAA to receive feedback and return to school to keep playing if he so chooses. As his freshman campaign came to an end, he averaged 9.4 points, five rebounds, 1.4 blocks. He was a 44% shooter from the floor and 74% at the free throw line.
0: After watching him play this year, there's no way he's going pro. No, like, you know, has he has to, to come nor back. Nor should he. Right. He needs to come back because I feel like he can use a better year to get in the weight room.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: He can develop his shot a little bit more. You know, he can learn the maturity of the basketball game. Same thing when it comes to Cooper. Yeah. You know, I know everyone's, you know, on coop and everything. But at the same time, I feel like it benefits him more to come back for another year. I don't want to see these guys try to turn pro too early and end up in the G League or end up right. in – You know, playing out of out of the U.S. You like you you want to have them have an opportunity. Like some of the greatest guys I noticed played the game, played more than two years in college ball. Like D. Wade, Anthony Hardaway, we called him Little Penny. Especially
1: when the year wasn't typical, you didn't even have a shot at the postseason. Don't use that as your one year.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. Because that's not even a full year for half the year. You didn't even right. know if you're going to be playing ball or not. So right. give yourself the best chance. Like, I understand the kids that, well, I, I got to go pro now because otherwise I may get hurt. You may walk out the door and get hurt. Like, exactly. You know, like, don't don't live your life out of fear from the standpoint of saying, well, I'm not going to do this because of fear. Like, no, go live your life. Pray about it. Move forward. Put your best foot forward and understand that sometimes patience is your best asset. Mm -hmm. and uh and everything so you know don't don't chase don't go chasing things because of fear like understand some things take a little bit better to develop when you cook that meal in the oven which i think you do sometimes taylor like (laughs) it it tastes a little bit better after it's set a little bit in the oven and it's cooled off a little bit and then all of a sudden you taste it and it's just the ingredients have just sunk in like don't just jump out there and just feel like like, you didn't have a real basketball season. And plus, this mm-hmm. year we was under sanction. So it's not like kids can say what they want to say. When well, you know you're not going to the SEC tournament. You're not going to the NCAA tournament already. Like,
1: There's it, a difference.
0: It, there's a difference because you play this game to play for something. And right. so I want to see these guys come back another year, get stronger in the weight room, get a full off season, Not one of these off season where we had to deal with so much junk last year. Get a full offseason. And then come out there and then put your best foot. And I think that's your best asset.
1: Right. I completely agree. I I mean, I don't blame him for doing this, testing the waters a little bit, just out of curiosity. Like, what what are they thinking of me right now? What are they um, needing to see from me heading into this season? You Mm -hmm. kind of have a better idea of what you need to work on, what you need to fine tune so that you have better odds next season. I don't see a world in which this guy does not return to play next season with 9.4 points and five rebounds for his average. I just don't think that's going to do it. So, I I fully expect him to come back. I don't blame him for doing this. I think Auburn fans just need to rest easy and and we'll see what happens. They also need to rest easy on the rumors that Bruce Pearl is considering the Texas job. I I don't have any confirmation of this, but I feel confident in saying that that would not happen. I mean, why in the world would he walk away right now from something that he has built? I mean, coming off that unbelievable run in the tournament that we had the talent that he's getting in recruiting and how weird 2020 was the culture he's established around auburn he is so freaking loved around that campus no way in he double hockey sticks does that man (laughs) leave auburn okay everyone rest easy but also want to give a shout out to our auburn equestrian team who won their third consecutive SEC championship with a 15-5 to win in Saturday's meet against Georgia. Congratulations to that team. Really impressive three consecutive. Hoping to finish out the season with another title at the NCEA championship in Waco, Texas happening April 15th through 17th. Go ahead and bring it all home, ladies. Congratulations to them on another win. Well, Jake, unless you have anything else, I think that's going to do it for us this week.
0: Yeah, I'm good, folks. I hope y'all have a good weekend. Great Easter weekend. Uh, yes. Enjoy time with your family, um, little kids. If you got kids and put Easter eggs out, hide them out of the yard. Let them enjoy oh, yeah. Easter. You know, let's, uh, you know, we understand what's the reason for Easter. And, uh, but enjoy this time with your family. And what you said about Bruce Pearl? I don't think he's going anywhere. Why would you go anywhere? No. Arvin was the first team to give you a chance after all the sanctions that happened at Tennessee. Like, loyalty means something. So, people, rest easy. I think it's going to be all to the good. Eat good this weekend. Have a great one. Talk to y'all
1: next week. Yeah, I totally agree. That ain't going to happen. Happy Easter, everybody. He is risen. Don't forget uh, to spend some time really thinking about what this weekend means. Enjoy some time with your family and make sure you join us again next week as we talk everything